This is a 980 CKNW podcast. What is up with the lack of love out in Langley? I'm going to discuss that tonight here on our inclusive and loving show, the Sunday Night Sex Show, the show where we educate everyone about sexual health, how it relates to overall health, making your relationships the best they can be. Good evening. I am Maureen McGrath, a registered nurse in the field of sexual health, author of the book Sex and Health, Why One Can't Come Without the Other, researcher, blogger, clinician, TEDx speaker, and your resource to help you start that conversation, answer your questions, and help you discover new and exciting things about sex and health. I make no innuendos, no judgments, and certainly no apologies, just fearless, straight-up talk about sex and health. Of course, I seduce you with the sex part, but this show is also about inclusivity, health, love, your body, your relationships, online dating, and more. Let's hope for you. It will be illuminating, educational, get you thinking outside of the box and have a little fun while you're at it. So thank you for being here with me tonight. Of course, there is an aspect of sexual health that is dark and dreadful, and that is sexual abuse, any unwanted sexual advances, pedophilia and rape. And of course, for those of you who have experienced sexual abuse or anything of the sort, You are never far from my heart, and I wish you all the best on your healing journey. Do put the kitties to bed. It should be a lot easier these days because the sun is not only rising sooner, but it's setting sooner as well. So set yourself up with your lover. Grab your glass of wine, and let's go. Drum roll, please. Matt is in the studio. Matt, how are you? Yeah, fantastic. How about you? I'm fine, thank you. You know, we have a lot of sex in the news this week. Little Anthony Weiner was, con- and, and the emphasis is on Weiner. Uh, <laughs> little, <laughs> I meant to say. That's really the emphasis is on little. Oh, uh, convicted and sentenced to 21 months in federal prisons. prison. Thank goodness. I know that he is ill, but he still needs to have consequences for this uh, behavior. Of course, there is a very high rate of recidivism for sexual predators, as we have seen with the animal that killed the beautiful teenager, Serena Vermish, here in British Columbia, out in Surrey. Um, so, you know, we have to really um, take a look at these. Uh, 21 months is likely not enough for little Mr. Weiner. Um, but, uh, you know, these conversations, we need to have these conversations and um, so that we don't have unnecessary, untimely uh, deaths and lives snuffed out far too soon by these animalistic, horrific uh, predators. Uh, also, a very controversial man died this week. Um, and But will his brand stay alive? Of That's course, a good question. none other than Hugh Hefner. You know, I didn't know the guy, but I have never been interviewed so much. <laughs> Because it's about sex, right? I just had so many interviews about it. And so I've learned a tremendous amount about Hugh and his life and his wives. And so I'm going to take a little bit of an in-depth look into the loves and lives of Hugh Hefner. Another quirky character, really, uh, in life. We're all a little bit quirky in one way or another. But he had his his quirk, shall we say. Um, He played a big part. Allegedly, of ushering in the sexual revolution during that, um, but had some lots of problems during the second wave of feminism in the '60s and '70s, and you know, so he. um, You know what I found really amazing is that he bought uh, the burial plot next to Marilyn Monroe, and apparently they'd never even met. 
Well, <laughs> she was. For, I don't know. Is that <laughs> no? That I think true? he actually no, because I think she was one of. She they they must she have met. I really don't Playboy know. Centerfold on the, on the cover, and then the nude centerfold as well. Yeah, and uh, apparently they they had never they never even met. I thought you just read the articles, Matt. Um, I <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you know what they may may. You don't really know what to believe, right? No, it's true. You really, you really don't. But uh, some people loved him, and some people want to lambaste him. So, um, but I thought the most interesting thing was at the end of his life. No, he was not uh, on his deathbed draped by bunnies. Rather, it was his family. And so, at the end of the day, you know, if you're lucky to have a family that loves you and cares about you, that's what matters in life, and that's what matters in everybody's life. That's why I'm so disturbed about what happened out in Langley this week with the. With SOGI, the SOGI 123, the educational partnership around inclusivity to reduce bullying of students who are uh, identify as LGBTQI. Um, it's, you know, it's disturbing on, on one level that one of the headlines read uh, Langley board, uh, school board meeting packed with parents. When you think about it, there are a little bit more than 25,000 residents out in Langley and 90 parents turned up. 90 people. I shouldn't say parents. I think some students turned up. Some really unpopular students, I'm sure. But, um, you know, so it's actually something like 0.0035% of the population turned up. That is hardly a packed school board meeting, unless school board meetings are, I don't think they're the most well, popular they probably have the 10 events. people that go for the free cookies. So. This is true. They probably had them uh, as well, and they probably maybe only get about 15 or 20 people, but hardly anybody really made a stink out there, which is heartwarming. Uh, because there are so many more people out in Langley that do actually love everybody mm-hmm. and are not judging other people. And, you know, what's behind that 0.0035% of Langley residents is fear. They are fearful that their children, that might happen to their children or their children might decide because a lot of these people have also said that they feel this is a choice. LGBTQ is a choice. Um, but, you know, the purpose of SOGI 123 is to equip educators of all backgrounds and experiences with the tools and resources to support marginalized LGBTQ students and for creating more safer and more inclusive environments for everybody. Who doesn't want that? You know, I've certainly experienced uh, discrimination, I, if you can believe it, as an Irish Catholic sex nurse. <laughs> but somebody suggested, I was actually doing a, a project on male violence against women, and somebody suggested that an athlete come on the show and talk about it. He was involved as well, and he said, well, I can't really go on. I'm, I'm Catholic. I'm like, did you tell him that I'm Catholic too, for crying out loud? I mean, you know, in the Bible, it's thou shall not covet thy neighbor's wife. They never said thou shall not covet thy neighbor's husband. Uh, no, but I've been accused of that as well. <laughs> I had another email, which I'm going to read to you a little bit later on in the program from, I'm going to call her, doesn't go with the flow. (laughs) Really nasty. Anyway, um, but it was hilarious, too, because sometimes I just find the humor in all of this stuff. I just think, really, doesn't anyone have anything to do? Don't these people have anything to do? Anyway, I call them the NTDs, the nothing to do. So they, they drum up trouble. We've got lots of things to talk about on the program tonight. Um, this is Mental Health Awareness Week, and Chris Nimey, who is one of the five faces of mental health, heading to Parliament this week to talk to the politicians about this particular issue, which affects so many people. Also, grieving is a process that affects us physically and emotionally, and sometimes the feelings during grief can be overwhelming, and you don't think about it when people have a miscarriage. Well, the Empty Cradle um, Society is a very 
good organization there to support people who've lost in miscarriage. And um, so Nancy of the organization is going to join me tonight. And Matt, did you know that the younger at heart you are, the better your sex life? Oh, then... The younger I, at heart. Now you're you're like a fourteen year old. I know, you know? right? I was just, <laughs> just going to say. Well, then technically I should be ahead of the game. But <laughs> well, this is exactly why I have a sex show. Okay. <laughs> so, but a friend of mine and I were talking about it tonight, and she said, "What's on the show tonight?" And I said, and she said, even said, "Is your show two hours now?" And I'm like, "You don't even." I, None of my friends ever listen unless they want something. Um, I have something to give out tonight, though. Very cool. I want to make sure you put the kids to bed, though. Um, but anyway, we were talking about um, young at heart and you know having a better sex life. But we were also saying how how much work that is and how expensive it can be. You know, between well, she ha- was divorced and has recently met had recently met a guy, and she said, you know, she used to she met him at the dog park. So just another place to go meet oh, somebody. I would love to meet people. At the dog park. Yeah, so she I, met I think this, I could meet my dream girl there. She met this guy at the at the dog park and she said initially she would just go over in like old hunter boots or whatever and and or bean boots and uh, and then she said and I said, What were you doing? Donning skirts and pumps heading over to the dog park in the mud? Um, she was like, Pretty much. But you know, to be younger at heart, you know, you want to take care of yourself, exercise, go to the gym, um, you know, look good, uh feel good all under, you know, um, grooming. So it's, you know, it's a lot of work and, and it's pretty expensive. So anyway, but it is going to be beneficial for you. I want to talk to you about Hot Flash in the City uh, tonight as well, a little bit more in-depth detail. It's an event that I'm having in three cities, but the first one is at Centennial Theater in North Vancouver. That's on October 19th. We're going to be talking about questions you have about estrogen, hormone therapy, what's bioidentical, what can you do about the issues that affect you at this time of life during the perimenopausal years, which can start at age 37. Um, You know, and medicine often treats women... Uh, very passively about this. We're going to be talking about about that. Um, also on the program, I forgot to mention this last week or talk about it, the latest dating trends of jerks, <laughs> submarining, and then also heat-peating. Um, that's another new, um, you know... I got to say, I love all these dating app trends. Uh, it's fabulous. Yeah, it's so It's so, so fantastic. Great. And they're so spot on. That's the other thing. Uh, are you in the wrong relationship or the right relationship? Well, I have some... Uh, some information to let you know whether your relationship is right or wrong. And also, I've, I've talked a lot on this program about responsive desire for women, but men have responsive desire as well because there's a lot of men out there who actually have low sexual desire. And women are really upset because their guy won't have sex with them. So sexless marriage is not just about uh, women not wanting to have sex with their husbands. It's also the husbands not wanting to have sex. So responsive desire may help them too. Um, also going to be talking about a medical condition in men. That may happen during rough sex. Now I've got your attention, I'm sure. Um, And um, it's related to Big Little Lies, that little Netflix program that I binged on during my illness, which is, you know, 90% better here. No, not even 90. Like, I'm 80% better. I hate to say that. I hate people who are, like, complaining about how sick they are. So I actually am not too happy with myself right now. But anyway, um, so I'm going to be talking about that. And also just going to be talking a little bit about, you know, dependence on men, uh, women making their own way in life. So I've got a lot of uh, subjects around that. Of course, I'll take your call, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. I'm going to let you put the kids to bed before I tell you what I have to give out tonight. But when I come back, we're going to be talking about mental health in this country. I am Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. Thank you so much for being with me. And I am honored to have my next guest, 
Chris Nimey graduated from university in 1998. He had the world by his hands. He was a teacher, but by a diagnosis of bipolar disorder at the age of 26 forced him to end his teaching career. He was later diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder and generalized anxiety disorder. And he decided to hide his illnesses. He kept them a secret and he then made recovery a full time job. He began writing his story about his battle in 2007, and that became the driving force in his healing, which also brought to his life uh, purpose and meaning. He speaks all over to fight stigma against mental illness, which is still out there, unfortunately, and to provide inspiration and hope and healing to so many people. He's written a number of books, and he continues to promote awareness. And this week, he it's my understanding he's headed off to Parliament Hill to talk about, uh, he's one of the five faces who has been chosen to talk about this. So Chris is on the line. Hello, Chris. How are you doing, Maureen? Fine, thanks. How are you? Great. Thank oh. you for having me again. My pleasure. Listen, uh, congratulations on being chosen to uh, as part of the Bell Awareness Campaign. Yeah, thank you very much. It's uh, Bell Let's Talk is part of our coalition with the Canadian Alliance of Men- on Mental Illness and Mental Health. So it's, it's quite an honor. It's a privilege to be able to take my story and my message to a, you know, a greater platform. And that's because this is Mental Illness Awareness Week, October 1 to 7, correct? Yes, it is. It's a, it's a very important week uh, for Canadians, for Americans, for the world. Um, we're trying to, to show the world that mental illness is a, a very important thing to deal with, um, to, to work at improving, um, to deal with uh, stigma and fighting stigma of, you know, those people that are hiding like I did, like you said at, at the beginning for for several years, I hid my mental illnesses because I was afraid. What would people think? Uh, it was a shame involved. It was fear. Um, I I thought the best thing I could do was to stay behind a mask and wear that mask no matter where I went. That way, no one would ever know what I was going through. And that's what this week is about: is we're trying to encourage people to remove their masks and share their story, showing that. You know, mental illness is not something that we should feel ashamed of. It's not our fault that we deal with this, but we want to step up and say, this is our story. There is help. There is recovery. We can do this. And are these the messages that you're going to bring to the politicians in Ottawa this week? Yes, this alongside, we're trying to, um, we want to speak to the government, uh, MPs, senators, possibly Justin Trudeau, uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. Thank you very much for being here with me this evening. It's always my pleasure to be with you. Um, you know, sometimes life is hard. One of the most painful things in life is the loss of a baby or a failed pregnancy. The American author and therapist Dorothy Ferguson once said, How very softly you tiptoed into our world, almost silently. Only a moment you stayed. But what an imprint your footsteps have left upon our hearts. The Empty Cradle is an organization that provides support to parents who have experienced the loss of an infant or failed pregnancy. Nancy is on the line, and she's going to talk to us about uh, this organization, The Empty Cradle. And she's going to be joining us very shortly. I've worked in labor and delivery 
and um, as a the head nurse, and this was probably the most difficult thing. We had stillbirths, and to see a most gorgeous baby, eight, nine, ten pounds, absolutely beautiful, perfect in every way except lifeless. The the pain, the heartache, the heartbreak, the grief, the horror is indescribable. It was probably the worst part of my nursing career is having to deal with parents who had who knew they were going to lose their baby, who knew their baby had died in the womb and still had to deliver their babies, and then the care that we needed to bestow upon these babies after their birth and subsequent death. Sometimes nursing is heartbreaking, but the pain that I felt was minuscule in comparison to what these mothers and fathers felt. Hello, Nancy. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Maureen. Thank you for having me on tonight. Oh, you're welcome. I mean, this is it brought me back to um, an earlier time in my career uh, when I was the head nurse at a community hospital for the Maternal Child and Youth Program. And, of course, it was a very happy area of the hospital to work. But when it was sad, it was horrifically sad. And it was sad when a parent lost the pregnancy or the baby. And, you know, it's been over 20 years now since Peter and I endured our losses. And, unfortunately, things have never changed. Empty Cradle is still needed as much now as it was when it was started in 1993 and when we lost our babies in 1995. And, of course, you can ne- I bet not a day goes by that you don't think about your babies, the loss. Oh, absolutely. I can still remember everything about the day my daughter Angel was born. Oh. And that was the first day of spring of 1995. Oh, I'm so sorry for And your when loss. people ask me why now, uh, over 22 years later, with two grown daughters and a grandson, why we are still doing this, the, my response is, well, it's the, first of all, it's the only parenting I can do to my three children that we lost. And second of all, I want to give back when I received from the group in healing when we were going through our most serious loss. Because grieving is a process that uh, it takes time, and time takes time. You go through many different emotions, the anger, sadness, depression, eventually getting to acceptance and being able to move on. But you may go through those different feelings, um, bargaining, rethinking, wishing, wishing you could go back, what did you do wrong, what you, and nothing, of course, but thinking, you know, a lot of people might think they, if they'd only gotten to the hospital sooner, if I'd only done this, had I only spoken to the doctor at that time. Uh, but grieving affects people physically and emotionally, and it can really wreak havoc on your life. That's right. And the one thing that I will tell the parents that come to the meetings, because we hold a once-a-month support group meeting, is if there's nothing else you take away from tonight... Just remember, this was not your fault. This is something that happened to you, and there is probably nothing you could have done to change it. You relied on your caregivers, the doctors, the midwives, 
Um, you did everything you could, and this happened to you. It was nothing that you caused. And some of those parents come to those meetings, which are free, which is fantastic. There's no membership dues. They're, they're totally free. Uh, they can attend those group meetings um, maybe once if that's all they feel they need, or they can come repeatedly over an extended period of time. Correct. Which is so great. Um, and, you know, dealing with any issue in, in life, um, you know, is so helpful. When we cry, when we release tears, we often release the pain. When we realize that other people have been through some of the similar things that we've been through, that's a very common question that I get in my clinical practice. Have you ever seen this before? And, you know, people don't talk about these things because they're afraid, they're embarrassed, they're ashamed, they're fearful, they're afraid to bring those tears. The birth of a baby is meant to be such a happy time, and this can be such a tragedy. That's right. And healing is a journey. It takes a long time for some. Um, you know, some people are, you know, the, the attitude out there is, well, you know, get over it. It's, it's been a year. It's been six months. It's been blah, blah, blah. You've had another baby. Often people say, baby. you can just have another one. Like yeah. it's the same one you're replacing. And there's, you know, that is such a harsh comment for someone who's, I don't want another one. I want that one. That's right. And, um, yeah, that's the other thing we try and, and emphasize in the group is that, uh, because healing is a journey and it's different to each person, there is no timeline here. It takes the time it takes. That's right. And there's grief and there's postpartum depression. And women who have, and, and grieving is healthy, uh, ultimately. And, and grieving is a process that happens whenever we lose anybody. Uh, but uh, postpartum depression is something entirely different. And that can happen to women who've had a failed pregnancy or who have had a stillbirth or, or lost their baby. Exactly. So that's very different from grieving. But you provide an environment to share ideas for coping, which, which can often help. Somebody may not have thought of one way to cope, um, at, you know, and someone else may share that. And that's why I say when we share our stories, we empower other people and especially other women. And you also have um, resource materials and people can have support people within the group. Is that correct? Yes. In addition to having the once-a-month support group meetings, we also have telephone support. Uh, we have a Facebook page. We also have a good old-fashioned lending library with books that you can actually hold in your hand and look at. Um, we have resources for children. Um, and there's also, for those who might feel they need it, there's also spiritual support available as well through, through the church that we meet at. That's fantastic, because this affects the family as well. So if they have siblings also, they might be affected, and, and especially if they're young, they may or may not understand. But you're having uh, an event for National Pregnancy and Infant Loss, a memorial service. Um, and so how can people get information? That's going to be happening uh, at 3 p.m. on Sunday, October 15th. And so how would people register for that event so that you can get the right amount of refreshment for them? Absolutely. We're working in, co in conjunction with a local cemetery in Burnaby, and we are going to get together. It is a non-denominational service. Children are welcome. We will have a special children's feature for them. Uh, and it, uh, as you said, it takes place at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. We would like people to go to our website, which is www.emptycradle.bc.ca, and um, there is a link there where they can email us and register for the event. The event is free, 
but the cemetery has asked for us to give them a rough estimate of how many people for refreshments. Mm-hmm. And uh, the service will probably be um, less than an hour, and they will have they, each family will be able to take home an angel, because our theme this year is angels. And they'll all be able to take home a uh, wired angels that was made by a um, local fundraising group in that caters to people in Zimbabwe. So I'm really excited to be nice. partnering with them. Uh, and yeah, so and if there's anybody that wants more information, you can email me at emptycradle, all one word, all lowercase, at kellis.net. Nancy, it's a perfectly appropriate uh, symbol this year, Angel, because that's exactly what you are. Thank you so much for sharing this information of all the and all the amazing work you've done over the last 20 years. Thank you, Maureen. I appreciate your uh, supporting me in this. You're very welcome. Take care. Have a care. great night. Thank Bye-bye. you. Same to you. So email emptycradle at telus.net. I am Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on Newstalk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. I trust you've put the children to bed by now. And so I'm going to let you know about my little prize that I have to give away. It's called a wearable vibe. And you can't call in, Matt, because I'll recognize your voice. It is. <laughs> you wear this when making love. It's sexy, vibrating underwear. So oh, give really? me a call. 604-280-9898. 604-280-9898. It's lingerie that feels as good as it looks. Okay, so you can call in uh, for that, because that's important. N- yes, Matt? Do our guests need to do anything to win this prize? or At least give us a call and, yeah. and chat to me. And uh, <laughs> let maybe, well, <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. Perhaps maybe, let's see, let's just have them call and tell us why. Caller 9, maybe? Why this, yeah, caller 9, Sounds why good. it's important if they feel like sharing. Uh what is their secret to feeling young at heart? How is that? The phone lines are ringing. Um, because if you're hoping to boost your sex life, and, and you know what I hear a lot of people in my clinical practice, a lot of women in particular, they're like midlife, menopause, the door's shut. You know, I'm not, um, uh, door shut, I'm not interested in sex anymore. And it's like, really? You know, you've got a lot of years left. Um, so... There are those people who are old before their time. They're, none of them are my friends, okay? <laughs> you know who they are. You know who you are. Um, they're not really great to be around, right? They're, they're, they don't uh, grab onto that vitality of life. They're not vivacious. They're not willing to try different things and experiment. Uh, so I was very interested to see this study that came out of the University of Waterloo, right here in Canada, published in the Journal of Sex. Of course, we have those um, journals. Uh, There's very little sex research, but it's getting more and more. But this study looked at the attitudes towards sex and getting older among a group of 1,170 adults from their mid-40s to their mid-70s of various sexual orientations over a 10-year period. The study found that the closer people felt to their chronological age, the lower the quality of their sex life. Okay, so the younger you feel, and you hear people say that, they're like, you know what, I may be whatever age they are, 65, 75, but I feel like a 25-year-old still, or you know, maybe 30-year-old. Um, but, you know, so people don't necessarily, and it's those people young at heart, keep themselves in good shape, have a positive attitude, maybe meditate in the morning, um, you know, that, uh, um, you know, have a 
more of a joie de vivre toward life. And it can have a huge impact on how they feel about the quality of their sex life and how interested they are in having sex. So there are some people that are interested in having sex. And we have the ninth caller on there, Matt. Excellent. Hello, Jess. Hello. How how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. So uh, (laughs) what keeps you young at heart? (laughs) Um... I don't know. A lot of people say I look a lot younger than I am. And I think it's just the way that I act. I just, I don't know. I just, I find humor in a lot of things and I'm just kind of silly. I don't know what I do to act young or be young at heart, but. Don't take life too seriously. So um, yeah, I have <laughs> this wearable vibe underwear. Nice. Okay. <laughs> so you are the ninth caller. Good. Okay. Fantastic. Cool. Thank you. Now, um, Anyway, so you can pick it up here. You can get the details from Matt. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thanks for calling. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, so uh, this is important. And you know what? Maybe it's just wearing vibrating underwear that will make you (laughs) feel younger than you look, perhaps. Maybe you're not as lucky as Jess was or is. Uh, Maybe you don't. Maybe you look older than, than your chronological age. But for people in mid to later life, so that menopausal time for women, feeling young at heart really makes a difference in the bedroom. So it's important. And it's not simply feeling young. Also, the study found that it was less about feeling young and more about not feeling really old. You know, those people are like, oh, I'm getting so old. I'm just like, you know, I can't do that. I'm, I'm old or I'm 40. I have to cut my hair. And, you know, there's no reason. Elon Musk's uh, mother is one of the cover girls. She's 69 years old. So she's just been given a, uh, maybe she had a little pull there. I don't know. (laughs) But she was a model in her uh, younger years. So, um, you know what? I had a patient in my clinical practice. She had lost about 20 pounds. She looked great. She said she had more energy. She was feeling better. You know, taking care of yourself, exercising. Believe me, I have not been exercising the way that I normally do in the past six weeks because I've been sick. And I'm so tired of hearing about my, hearing my say that. <laughs> anyway, but what a difference it has made. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't nearly feel as great as I did before because, you know, I'm not able to do the type of exercise that I really like. And you know what kind of exercise that is. I don't need to say. But um, so for people... <laughs> It's true, though. (laughs) Didn't help. Let me tell you, I've tried everything. (laughs) Everything. Nothing helped. Okay, it's time. That's all that helps. I guess I have to just get over it. Viruses just, you know, they just take a lot of time. Although I did have bronchitis, apparently, and sinusitis as well. But you know what did work? I have to say, I'm going off topic here. We'll get back to the bedroom very shortly. But uh, you know those nasal flushes, the the neti pots. Oh, I love those. Actually. Oh my gosh! Uh, it took I me like one. eight hours to actually get up the courage to do that. Even though I'm a swimmer and I've gotten more water up my nose than I can, you know, shake a stick at. But uh, I so I, it took me a long time because I felt so sick. And when I did it, it worked so well that I I fairly quickly became addicted to that. I loved it, and I was doing it all the time. And you he, know what? It, and it, it actually does. It feels so great, and it, it's cle- amazing. it cleans you out. It, it's you disgusting. Wanna, yeah. It's gross. It is, but it is gross. And but. I don't even really understand how it works, but it worked really well. So the, the basic message here is, you know what? Age is a number. It's like a telephone number, in fact. Unlist it. Even unlist it from yourself. Just 
you know, live life, live the best life you can, take care, take good care of yourself, get exercise. And so another way is, you know, a lot of women suffer issues during, um, vasomotor issues, in fact, during the perimenopausal years, the menopausal years, they may get heart palpitations, hot sweats, hot flushes, night sweats. Uh, they may get anxiety. They may get vaginal dryness, painful sex, low sexual desire. They may stop having sex. They may uh, find themselves single, divorced. Uh, I'm going to read you a really hilarious email at the end of the program from a woman who got divorced and what where her life led after that was actually infidelity. Um, that led to her divorce. And um, so, but anyway, we're talking about all of these issues at the Hot Flash in the City, which is happening in North Vancouver on October 19th. And there's a movie called Hot Flash Havoc. It's absolutely hilarious. It's a great ladies' night out. Of course, there'll be wine and appies and uh, just some women's um, products there that will be helpful for you to know about. We're going to be talking about online dating, love at midlife, how to improve your sexual desire. Because So many women want to know how to do that. Vibrating underwear will certainly help, as will the womanizer, of course. Both of them will be there at, uh, at the event. You can actually hold the womanizer in your hand. Um, and it's not your classic womanizer that you're thinking of. It's a clitoral suckling device, best sex toy out there. Um, but you want to come over and uh, to North Vancouver. That's the first city. We're also going heading to Port Moody and to Surrey. Port Moody's on November 1st, and Surrey is on November 9th. And uh, so we're showing this movie. It's going to be loads of fun. Tickets, I think, are $30. You can go to my website, Back to the Bedroom, which I have kind of revamped a little bit, so see what you think of it. Um, uh, I've revamped that. So head on over to backtothebedroom.ca for tickets. And, you know, there's going to be physicians at these events. So gynecologists who are going to be able to talk to you about estrogen, the latest on estrogen. We get so much information, how bad it is for you. But it's really a conversation you need to have with your doctor, your quality of life. Why suffer through this time and, and think that your risk for heart disease is high when it may not be. Anyway, more about this uh, estrogen and menopause and low desire when I come back after the news. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at CKNW.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.